This is your host, Victoria, and in today's episode, I'm talking you through five attitudes to leave behind you as we enter this new year. I really hope that this episode resonates with you and that it encourages you to make some big changes this year. I'd love to hear what you think. I'd love to hear where you are as you listen to this episode and which specifically of these attitudes you are going to be leaving behind in 2021. Enjoy. Welcome to the Victoria Sardin Podcast, where you'll discover actionable tools, tips, and tricks, as well as inspiring conversations to support you to change your own reality. We all have immense personal power within us. We all have the ability to be the person we look up to the most and take charge of our lives and our future. Sometimes we just need a little insight, a little change of perspective, and a friendly nudge to take the step. Are you ready? First of all, I wanted to wish you all a very happy new year. I hope that your year is off to a great start and that you're feeling good and motivated and excited for the coming months. Today's episode, I'm going to be talking to you about five specific attitudes that I suggest you leave behind as you enter this new year. These are five thought patterns or behaviors that many of us have probably indulged in a little bit in 2020 or over the past few years in general. So I really want you to take note in this episode which specific attitudes resonate with you the most, which ones you know you've been maybe indulging in a little bit too much, and which ones you are ready to leave behind you as you enter new year and make 2021 the year of growth and development and the year where you flourish into a better version of yourself. So getting straight into it, the first attitude I suggest to leave behind you is the attitude of not taking responsibility. I talk about this one quite a lot. I think for me, one of the biggest, most life-changing lessons I've ever learned is that we are all responsible for everything in life. Yes, of course, there are external factors that are out of our control. Enter 2020, perfect example of COVID. However, our attitude, our choices, how we embrace the situation, how we interact, those are all things that are up to us. And since they are up to us, they are therefore our responsibility. I think that many of us avoid taking responsibility because by accepting that we are responsible for something suggests that it's up to us to do something about it. So not taking responsibility or not acknowledging that something is our responsibility is kind of the easier way out because all of a sudden there's nothing we can do about it. However, in reality, that is not the case. It is not the easiest way in the long run because it is a position of being powerless. What we want is to move into a position of agency. So how do we know if we've been living with a lack of responsibility or what does living without responsibility look like? Some examples would be blaming an external environment, blaming other people, blaming the world for where you are in life. It's basically this attitude that everything is out of our hands. Certain phrases such as, this always happens to me, or it's because of the government, or I was raised like this, my mother had anger management issues, so of course I deal with anger problems, or my parents always fought, so no wonder I can't keep up a healthy relationship. I'd even say examples such as, well, you know, I'm a Virgo, so I just overthink everything, that's how it is. 
Other examples would be, it's easier for him, it's easier for her because X, Y, Z. So once again, I'll repeat, I know that not everything is in our control. There are external factors that do impact us. However, we have two choices. We can either act as though everything is in our control, or we can act as though nothing is in our control. Neither of these are 100% true. Of course, it's not black or white, but acting and believing that everything is our responsibility is a lot more conducive to our success and our happiness and is a lot more likely to make us feel like we have agency and we are powerful and we have the choice how we want to live our life. So if you're not sure in which camp you stand, here are a few questions for you to reflect over. First of all, what's a time in your life in which you have consciously taken responsibility? And what is a time in your life in which you are waiting for somebody else to take responsibility for you? This can be either in the past, either in the present. I'll give you a personal example. I know that during this COVID time, I really consciously decided to take responsibility. I didn't want to be in a position where I was blaming COVID for any changes in my work, for any changes in my income or struggles with my business. So I decided to take it all on myself and really decide I'm going to be the one that's going to make this work. I'm going to be responsible for getting out on the other side. An example in which I did not take responsibility would be a few years ago when I was going through a phase where I was really into my workouts, into my nutrition, and I was doing it for an aesthetic outcome. So I wanted to look a certain way. I felt really unsatisfied with the results and I remember putting myself into this victim position. So being a victim very much goes hand in hand with not taking responsibility. So I was in this victim position because I was telling myself, it's not fair, I'm working really hard, I'm exercising this much, I'm counting every calorie, and this other person, on the other hand, doesn't do anything, and they look like this, it's not fair, why am I in this position, they aren't, etc. So that's an example of not taking responsibility. So if this year in 2021, you want to leave the role of the victim behind you, you want to leave that powerless feeling behind you and step into a position of responsibility, then here's what I suggest. Every time you hear yourself saying one of those trigger phrases, such as this always happens to me, or it's because of this other person, or I was raised like this, or it's easier for them and harder for me, then I want you to ask yourself, How am I personally responsible for this? It's one of my favorite questions of all time. It can be confronting, it can be challenging, but it's something that really puts us in a position of agency and of power. Number two, second attitude to leave behind you is defensiveness. Defensiveness comes alongside arrogance and pride and ego. And a lot of the time when we are confronted with change, So let's say we're working with a coach or maybe somebody we follow online or a friend or a family member suggests making a change. We feel like our identity is being attacked. Therefore, we use defensiveness as a protection mechanism. This might also occur when you're having an argument with somebody or you're in a conflict. All of a sudden, you take a hard defensive stance. Why is this not helpful? It's not helpful because when we take this defensive stance, we're using it as a protection mechanism instead of 
going deep down into what the core issue is. So we're basically covering up the issue and putting defensiveness forth instead. If you feel like you've been a bit on the defensive this year, or this is a characteristic that comes out sometimes within you, I want you to ask yourself the following questions. When is a time in which you overreacted and took an overly defensive stance? Can you think of what triggered you in that instance? And can you then nail down the root cause? So a lot of the time when this defensiveness comes out, it's because somebody shed a light on your shadow. The concept of the union shadow is about the aspects of our personality that we choose to reject or to repress. We may or may not be fully conscious of them, but they're definitely not things that we want to bring to light. And when we're having an argument with somebody or having a confrontation with somebody, we often take a defensive stance when they light that shadow. An example could be somebody saying, you're just like your parents, or you always do this, and all of a sudden, someone has put a light on the shadow, on an aspect of yourself that you're not maybe particularly proud of, or one that you're trying to push down. All of a sudden, that defensiveness comes up as a protection mechanism. So what should we choose instead of defensiveness? What I suggest is instead of defensiveness, choose humility. When you choose humility, you choose to accept your flaws. You accept your imperfections. You accept that yes, there are parts of you that maybe you're still working on. Maybe you need to change. You accept the shadows because accepting the shadows is the deepest form of self-awareness. And when we do this, it is not from a place of victimhood but from a place of understanding. So we're not placing ourselves in the position of the victim. Instead, we're coming at it from a place of humility, from understanding for ourselves. So how can we choose humility over defensiveness? Well, what I suggest is when you're triggered, when you're in one of those situations where your natural defensive stance wants to come up, instead, dig deep and ask yourself, what part of my shadow has this event brought to light? Why has this triggered me? What has this triggered inside of me? That way you can cultivate humility and understanding and leave defensiveness behind. The third attitude to let go of is responding with anger. So this is related to the second attitude we just spoke about because a lot of the time we respond with anger when we take a defensive stance. But what's particular about anger is it really puts us in a weaker, worse off position. We rarely regret taking a step back and taking time to respond, but it's quite common to regret responding directly with anger. So I spoke about this in a lot more depth in my Dealing With Arguments podcast episode, so if you're interested, I suggest you check it out. But it's essentially about taking as much time as possible to not respond through emotion, but instead to respond with fact and understanding. When you do that, when you take a step back and take time, it allows you to gather more points of view. It allows you to gather more facts. It allows you to have a broader understanding of the situation. And you are much more likely to respond in a more mature way. So if you're not sure where you stand on this, I would start by asking yourself, what is a time in which you responded with anger? 
And what is a time in which you really took time to think and reflect before responding? And what was the difference in this outcome? So when we leave behind anger, what I suggest is instead responding with clarity. So if you tend to be the kind of person that gets a bit hot-headed and replies a bit too fast, something that has really helped me personally is to take a step back and to remember that if I want to reply hot-headed, if I want to express my frustration in this exact form that I'm feeling it right at this moment, I can do that tomorrow. If I really decide that this is the best way to go about it and this is the best response, I can send that tomorrow. But in the meantime, why don't I take a step back and take some time to see if ever there were an alternate way of seeing this. So this has helped me in the past in times where I've thought, no, you know what? I want to respond right now because I want that person to know how I'm feeling. I want to give them a piece of my mind and I don't want to get stepped on. So doing that reflection where I remind myself, I can reply this exact thing tomorrow has helped me give myself a reason to step back. I would then again ask myself the question from the first attitude I mentioned, the question being, how am I personally responsible for this? When we're dealing with a conflict with an argument, there's always two sides to the coin, there's always two sides to the story, and asking ourselves how we are personally responsible or what part of responsibility do we play allows us to gain more understanding and ultimately respond with clarity. The fourth attitude to leave behind you is seeking pleasure instead of growth. So seeking pleasure is about short-term gratification. It can be satisfied in the short term, but similarly, it's only satisfying in the short term. So it is generally not satisfying in the long term, and in most cases, it can actually be detrimental to the long term. Not only this, but this can lead to destination addiction. We're always seeking more, we're chasing the next thing, we're looking for the next hit, and we seek more and more pleasure or instant gratification or instant happiness. One of the problems with this is you become dependent, you become a victim to your surroundings because seeking instant pleasure, seeking more money, more success, more quick instant hits is relative to what you had before. So when you're seeking pleasure, you're always looking for more and more and more. All of a sudden, you become immune to what you've already had. So let's say you're trying to reach a certain amount of success. Every time you hit a certain amount, it's no longer important to you and you're seeking the next thing. This is how it can lead to destination addiction. This is how it can lead to us being eternally unsatisfied, constantly longing and seeking the next thing and never finding true meaning. So questions to ask yourself if you're not sure where you stand would be, what are areas of your life in which you are choosing pleasure over growth? An example could be in the arena of health. Are you choosing instant pleasures such as food and comfort and sleeping in and watching TV over growth, which would maybe be challenging your body and getting healthier and doing something new and moving and breathing and eating well? So instead of seeking pleasure, what I suggest is to seek growth. It's to play the long game. And this is not about fully sacrificing today for tomorrow. So delayed gratification is key in our search for meaning. It's key for our long-term satisfaction. However, it's equally important to enjoy the process. When you choose growth, 
you're not necessarily deciding that you're sacrificing today. Today is going to be garbage, but at least tomorrow will be better because then you can fall back into this destination addiction. When you're choosing growth instead, you're enjoying the process. You're noticing the transformations. You're noticing how every day is a stepping stone to the next and every day becomes your objective to grow and to learn and to develop. So if you want to prioritize growth over pleasure this year, what I would suggest is whenever you're in a situation where you're thinking, should I do this or should I do that? Should I go for a run or watch another episode? Should I read my book or scroll my phone? You want to ask yourself the following questions when you're in these debates. The questions being, what will serve my growth, my development, and my future self? Another question would be, what can I do today that my future self will be proud of tomorrow? That's something easy that you can ask yourself in the morning to make sure that the choices that follow through are choices that focus on growth rather than seeking pleasure. When we do think in this way though, I would suggest to also ask, how can I embrace the journey? So it's not all fun and games. Sometimes we need to do hard things in the present in order to reap benefits in the future. But we want to embrace the journey. You want to embrace the suck, love the difficulties, appreciate the challenges. So when we leave instant pleasure aside and focus on growth, on development, that's where we find true satisfaction. That's where we can find ourselves embarking on a journey that is continuous, that has meaning, and that gives us long-term fulfillment. The fifth and final attitude I suggest you leave behind you as we embark on this new year is being driven by safety rather than progress. So we all know that the comfort zone isn't where we make progress. We all know that the comfort zone is the space where we hide from difficulties, where we hide from challenges, and oftentimes where we hide from responsibility as well. It is natural for us to want to stay in our comfort zone Nature pushes us to protect ourselves. So as hunter-gatherers, this comfort zone has saved us from going into dark forests and getting eaten by a lion or traveling too far away and being attacked by a tribe. However, in today's day and age, it keeps us stagnant. It keeps us making the same choices repeatedly, finding ourselves in loops that we're maybe unsatisfied with and hiding from growth that comes with difficult situations. Wim Hof talks a lot about this when he talks about cold exposure and says that we have created a society that is so comfortable, that is so adverse to risk and so adverse to any kind of stress or discomfort. We want our couches to be as comfortable as possible and we want to sit on them as long as possible. We want to take the car everywhere and have the heating up to the max. Any slight discomfort we can avoid, we will. And then he says, okay, what happens when life throws stress at you? Well, then we say things like, I can't handle it, I'm too stressed. And no wonder, we've taught ourselves to be so comfortable. We've taught ourselves to seek comfort and to not settle for anything less. I spoke a bit about this in my podcast on building a habit around cold water exposure. So if you're interested, I suggest you go check that out. But whether it be about putting ourselves in difficult situations such as cold exposure or launching ourselves into the unknown out of our comfort zone, we know that this is much more conducive to progress rather than be driven by safety and trying to stay in our comfort zone at all costs. 
So if you're not too sure where you stand, I would first ask yourself the question, when have you chosen safety over progress? What is a specific moment in which you chose to stay in your comfort zone? Maybe you were scared, maybe you were uncomfortable, maybe you didn't know what to expect, and you were driven by safety rather than progress. I would then reflect over what feeling followed, what emotions came up. When you chose that safety over the progress, how did you feel? Was there a sense of satisfaction or was there a sense of disappointment? What I would suggest instead of being driven by safety is choosing calculated risk. So of course not doing something crazy for the hell of it, but stepping out of your comfort zone and trying something new because something new breaks the patterns in our mind. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this a lot. He talks about how around 90% of what we did yesterday will be repeated today. And therefore, around 90% of what we do today will be happening again tomorrow. And the same thing for the following day and the same thing for the following day. We're essentially wired to be the exact same person one year, two years, five years, 20 years from now as we are today, unless we choose to step out of those patterns, to step out of those routines and make change and choosing progress rather than comfort zones. A small personal example was when I decided to start my Instagram and start my website. Of course, this is just a really small example. It wasn't necessarily a huge, big, life-changing decision, but in the moment it was scary. I was in a university which was quite judgmental and people got judged very quickly for more or less anything and I was scared of putting myself out there. But what helped me was reminding myself I could just not do this and that would be just fine and nothing in my life would change. But what if I did? What if I did and I went deeper into my passion? At the time I was really passionate about nutrition and fitness and I wanted to discover more of it by creating a platform of my own. I knew that it might help me find internships in the space, potentially jobs in the space later on and create connections. And I told myself, if I don't do this, I will be in the exact same position a year from now. But if I do do this, think of all the amazing things that could potentially come. And fair enough, it more or less changed the course that my life took. And that sounds a bit dramatic, but I wouldn't be here with you today speaking if I wouldn't have decided to step out of my comfort zone seven years ago. Of course, choosing to step out of the comfort zones can be challenging, can be confronting, it can be scary. But if there's one thing that might help is remembering that there's no such thing as a failure if you learn something from it. So no matter what you do, when you try something new, when you step out of your zone, when you want to try something you've maybe never tried before, you are going to learn something. You're going to pull a lesson from there. And as long as you pull a lesson, then there is no such thing as failures. A few questions that I would suggest asking yourself if you're ready to step out of your comfort zone this year is what might I lose and why am I scared? So naturally when we're worried or uncomfortable stepping out of our comfort zone is because there's something to lose. And in every choice, there's something to lose. Every choice comes with something we lose and something we gain, regardless of what it is. Therefore, if you're choosing to step out of your comfort zone, of course you'll lose something. But ask yourself, first of all, why are you scared and what might you lose? Understanding the situation as a whole. 
then you can ask yourself, is this my body trying to keep me in my comfort zone? So is this a calculated risk? Have you understood the consequences? Are you ready to take on board this new step towards progress? And is this emotion just your body trying to keep you in your comfort zone? The next question is what might I gain and what might I learn? So of course, as I said, there's definitely going to be something you're going to lose. However, it needs to be weighed up against what you might gain and what you might learn. When we get really clear on both sides, then we can make a much clearer decision, which is more driven by progress and less driven by safety. So just to go back over all of the attitudes that I spoke about, the first one is not taking responsibility. And instead, I suggest we take full responsibility for everything that's going on and we embrace the fact that everything is our choice. Number two is to let go of defensiveness and instead choose humility. Number three is to let go of responding with anger and instead responding with clarity and understanding. Number four is to let go of seeking pleasure and instead seek growth. And number five is letting go of being driven by safety and instead be driven by progress. I really hope that that was helpful, guys. I hope that some of these have triggered something within you, resonated with you, and have maybe given you more motivation to leave some of these attitudes behind you as you embark into this new year. I'd love to hear about which specifically you'll be focusing on over the next few months. And if you know anybody who might benefit from this episode, who's looking to develop and grow in this coming year, then please forward this episode along to them. If you want to support this podcast, then do not hesitate to give a five-star rating in order to help my podcast be found. And I will see you next week for a brand new episode.